Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening in. This is Shane Claiborne, and I'm so glad that you could join me for the show. It's going to be just wonderful. One of my favorite folks I get to talk with. Uh, I'm going to introduce her in just a second, but I want to say that um, every time we do this show, I'm trying to um, articulate that our faith is not just a ticket into heaven, but it is um, not just an escape from this world and about going to heaven when we die, but it is about bringing God's reign on earth as it is in heaven, it should cause us to care about the world that we live in, not just wait to escape from it. And um, there's so many great folks out there that are um, living and writing and speaking about a faith that is worth believing in. Um, I got, I've just got a letter that from someone that said, I knew that there was more to Christianity than the cover-up bishops and the sex scandals and the um, televangelists asking for money and the, you know, patriotic preachers that are blessing war. And, um, and one of the folks who, is is doing that beautiful work of writing and speaking a better version of our faith is my friend and our guest today, Kate Bowler. Kate, what's going Aww. on? Welcome. <laughs> Hello, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is so fun. This is so fun. We've done a few things together. Every excuse I get to hang out with you, I take it. So <laughs> we, we've got this one. Let me introduce you officially to oh, folks that don't know you. I mean, you. I think a lot of people know you. Kate's a New York Times bestselling author. Um, there's some of us that say that we're bestselling authors because it's just like we hit a list here or there, like on the Christian you know, <laughs> Association. But you actually hit the New York Times bestseller. You've got a wonderful podcast that we'll hear more about. Um, everything happens and, uh, you've written tons of great books, uh, and you're teaching, you're a professor at Duke university. Uh, so thanks for having a conversation with me. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shane, for a bit, the list, the quote unquote list that I hit was on Amazon. They give you these horrible tags. And for a while I was number one in Christian death. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I really hope Whoa. I get a different one at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not necessarily the uh, the list. You yeah, want to be you on have there, a huge but... winner and losing, as it turns out. So we're going to get to all your uh, fun, the, the stuff that you've been doing now, which is so important and so meaningful. But I think when I first came across you and we've known each other for a while, sometimes a little bit from a distance, but um, you, you started, you know, this um, project giving a history of the prosperity gospel. And now that feels a little old school to like folks now. I mean, I think we're kind of, most of us 
beyond the mega church and televangelist world, but this was like historic, monumental, groundbreaking work you did. And I think there's a lot of it that's still really relevant, even, you know, there's still a celebrity culture in the church and all this. So what are some takeaways to that, you know, initial work with the prosperity gospel that are still like, you know, we should still be paying attention to right now? Oh, totally. I mean, if you're behind anyone in a farmer's market right now, someone named Caitlin is explaining manifesting to you. And that's the same thing as the prosperity gospel that I studied. It's the belief that God wants to make you happy and healthy and wealthy if you have the right kind of faith. And so all of the 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 sort of religious philosophical beliefs in positive faith, good vibes only, uh, the entire sort of good vibes section at your local, uh, will really just any kind of, um, large department store will have like your own, your very own live, laugh, love, wherever any sort of live, laugh, love home goods section, uh, just shows how much good vibes is probably more popular now as a, as a common way of expressing good wishes than like, uh, Oh, Hey, I'll be praying for you. Yeah, I think so. And when I was first starting to write, I I was told that actually social justice doesn't really sell well because people don't want to read about negative things. (laughs) But, you know, then I made one of the pseudo bestseller lists. (laughs) But, you know, I I think that people are really. um, Yeah, I, I mean, it may not sell as much as like the, you know, the 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 fluffy books i was i was going to name a name but i'm not going to name a name. <laughs> i, lo- but, I know, watched like- you walk up to the edge of it and i liked <laughs> i liked the feeling of nervousness nervousness i had no you're right i mean well right now one of the well the dominant american religious genre is self-help and uh the prosperity gospel is one version of self-help which says that all you need is right there in front of you you just have to put yourself in the right place at the right time but if you're like all the rest of us who have not been the luckiest person on the block and who maybe no longer believes that rugged individualism or bootstrapping or you can do it all by yourself is going to fix our lives then you know then you you might not find yourself in the mainstream of who these books and who this entire industry is being marketed to mm. yeah and and you know i think that part of what's really wonderful about your writing is that you have been um i mean you've tried to be really honest you and and i think yeah. your your first um uh your your first book you um i mean well your one of your recent books are really about reckoning with um why things happen right um yeah. and um does everything happen for a reason and you're kind of like challenging that theology a lot of folks are deconstructing but you there were some versions of faith that grew up with everything happens for a reason and yeah. so then when you know a 12 year old girl gets raped um the only answer some people have is god had that happen for a reason yeah. and it's so hurtful and damaging and untrue and and does you know if we don't if we don't have a bigger yeah. Theology than it. And, and you've been, you've been really wrestling with that. So I mean, it might yeah. be helpful. I've heard you tell it, but, and I, I'm sure you tell it so much, but just, just tell us what you want to about your own um, uh, 
struggle with your health. And I think, cause it, it informs everything, it, not just yeah. your writing, but your yeah, knowledge, no. how you think about God, <laughs> how you talk about God. Yeah, yeah it does. Cause I, before, before I got really sick, I was kind of just a regular, hist- well, I was never like a regular historian. And so far as a <laughs> lot of historians don't spend their twenties traveling around, going to like the the Holy Land experience in Orlando, Florida, for example. Oh, no. I'm going to say some of our regular historians <laughs> these days, Kristen Dumay and Beth Barr, like I'm loving them. I'm loving some of our historians now, but yeah, I, think, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. They don't <laughs> likely find themselves in a mega church where an eagle has been released to fly freely as a spiritual metaphor. Uh, but that was, was my, that was me trying to sort of understand the dominant theologies of the biggest churches. And, uh, and then when I was uh, 35, I was diagnosed very suddenly with stage four cancer. And uh, there was just no, there was like no foreshadowing of that. There was like nobody in my family with cancer. It just like my life blew up. And Mm. because it was so bad, uh, I had to kind of figure out who I wanted to what I wanted to do with the rest of my time, like pretty quickly. And I guess, cause thinking uh, how I, I write to think. And so I just started mm. trying to sort of lovingly uh, pull apart some of the American mythologies of what makes some people lucky and some, what makes some people fall all the way down. And cause I had been intellectually so interested in the idea that like, God always wants to give you a lovely life. But then the second I got sick, I was so overwhelmed by all of the explan <laughs> I'm trying to lovingly say the word explanations that people were giving me uh where people are trying to like we all do make meaning of suffering but I just mm-hmm. there it's such a so it but it's such an intense cruelty for us to use the sufferers of the world to like uh get leverage on our own theology. Like you have to suffer and therefore I can understand that all things happen for, you know, that all things have a deep meaning or it doesn't even have to be in the like purely Christian, everything happens for a reason. Like you watch a celebrity get interviewed and at the, they'll know if they're asked a hard question, they're always going to end on that. They're going to hit that last note and it's going to go, but it made me who I am today. And it's because it's the idea that everybody's life has to have this totalizing single reason. Mm -hmm. But when you're the life that's kind of unexplainable, at least in a way that is at all satisfying while you're struggling with living and dying, like that's, Mm -hmm. that is honestly the stuff that I find so like rich to think through and to talk about, like, what are our scripts for how Mm -hmm. we talk about suffering people? Mm. So that that book that you your memoir was uh, everything happens for a reason and other lies I've loved. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, know. I mean, one of the best titles ever. I say that. Aww. I say that every time. I can't read the title without saying that. But um, do you want to mention one of the other lies that you've loved, um, or or a little bit more about that one? Oh my gosh, I do love all the lies, though. I do. I do. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's the like I can earn my life. You know, if I'm a certain kind of person, uh, hard work equals, you know, any kind of formula is one of the lies that I'm obsessed with. You can bucket list your life, just like a big collector's dozen. You know, it's like, it's a deep, I've always had the feeling like I just, if you give me a good checklist, like I will get it done. 
Mm. But, you know, and when you can't be a checklist person anymore, you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what was I supposed to do with my dwindling time? So, yeah, but that was, that was, that was like the, everything happens for a reason. I wrote it in only, I don't know, maybe six weeks, eight weeks. Cause I was supposed to die that year. So I was like on it. Lord have mercy. Jane, yeah. I was mm. really in the, in the pits. Mm, mm. Well, let's just stop there for a second and just, and say everybody joining us. Thank you for tuning in. If you just tuned in, this is Shane Claiborne and I'm talking with Kate Bowler, who is so charming and wonderful and wise. And Aww. we're talking about her writing. Um, so we, we were talking a little bit about her first book or best-selling mem- memoir, which is everything happens for a reason and other lies I've loved. You, you have to say the subtitle. You do or else, yeah. <laughs> or else it goes against everything <laughs> I ever hoped for. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, my Jesus for president, book they're re they're reissuing it because they're Amazing. Like, there's a huge market for it this, these days. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> before grabbing. Oh, no. uh, but anyway, it's all good sell more books to the Christian nationalists. Okay. And so <laughs> your latest book though, which is, is it getting ready to come back out in paper book, uh, paperback, which is um, no cure for being human and other truths I need to hear. Right. Is it, is it paperback soon? Yeah. Or? It's uh, it's just depressing things. I say at parties, like uh, <laughs> no, no cure for being human, but uh, I always just kind of settle on some kind of, like, what is, where, like, what else can we say if we can't argue for some single totalizing spiritual reason for our lives? So mm. when I, when I was trying to think about like, how do I keep living with a life I didn't choose? Then that's one of the things I just started saying to myself is like, oh, okay. Like there's not, there's not going to be a fix for this. For me, there's not going to be a fix for chronic cancer. There's not going to be a fix for an unfixable life. Mm. So then how do we still talk about you know, beauty and meaning and truth without trying to like solve the basic problem of our humanity. Mm-hmm. Wow. So make sure you pick up these books, y'all. That's why I keep saying them. So the Kate's latest book is no cure for being human. And, you know, when you, when you start writing these, especially when you're a New York times bestseller, like you are, you, <laughs> um, you, you get to have your own podcast and you get to talk with really great people. Um, you know, uh, folks that are real interesting, like Wendell Berry or, uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell or uh, Anne Lamott. Um, these are folks that you, you've either invited or had on your show. Is that right, Kate? Right, Shane. Thank you. Exactly. Oh my gosh, Shane. One of the things that makes you laugh so hard about talking to you is that you always know that whenever I invite a guest, there's always this very hilarious push pull between like, this is going to be a really fun conversation. And, Oh no, I really hope you don't say things that I can't possibly air. And we've had some, uh, cause like the whole point of the show is to have uh non, like all those sort of exhaustingly, to, you know, positive, like uh, optimistically oppressive things that prevent people from talking honestly about lives that don't always work out. So um, everything's always going to get better, that kind of stuff. And, uh, but then I'll have, but then sometimes I'll have celebrities on and they'll be like, oh, actually my life is is pretty great. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> well, oh, uh, I suppose. And now for a commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
I'm really happy for you. How many ways can you have a, have a question that just goes like, I'm so happy for you. Tell me more about <laughs> backstage at the Oscars. <laughs> oh, good. oh, good for you. The truth is, I remember when I knew my life was going really badly when my best friend Chelsea and I used to develop a certain tone of voice for that feeling. And we would say it to each other because we would never say it to someone else. And it would go, I'm so happy for you. But like, you could just tell we are like struggling to you did have that you know like those like those radio shows where you push the button i you know and the applause button and you're like, exactly. I'm so happy for you. so it just sounded like we were on helium every time but it's <laughs> it's it's the feeling you get when you feel sort of like shut out from the life of the luckies mm, and mm. i guess they mostly it's going okay so you've had some really uh, wonderful folks. Who, like, do you have any standout moments with Malcolm Gladwell or Anne Lamont or anybody else that you've yeah. had on your show? That um, well, um, I'm sure there's lots of them. But we edit out all the crying that I do because I do find people yeah. very spiritually meaningful. But like Anne Lamont, for example, who has um, got so many beautiful books about like the the feeling of of like the slow work of faith. And, yeah. uh, and she described when she was young um, and she felt so freighted with everyone else's expectations that like being a Christian was just a different way of people pleasing in a way. Mm. And that she couldn't find her way through. And she just described being like an airplane, like who, which is like flies too low. And I mm. thought, um, what a good word for how we might think about the, this, the slow hard work of figuring out the way our gifts need to match up with our actual lives that we can't, you know, we can't take on every single yeah. hope and dream and, uh, and really like burden really. And so mm-hmm. anyway, people like people like that, I find have been really instrumental in how I think about faith, but we also just have like, you know, Stanley Tucci and talking about food and pleasure. And he, he had, um, cancer in his mouth so he lost taste mm. so we just talked about like the joy of rediscovering small pleasures and but yeah mm. uh i do i do get a lot um personally spiritually out of just asking people what they learned during maybe the hardest moments of your life because it's mm. not nearly as depressing as it sounds because there's yeah. always like there's always like a little gem there without having to say and i would never take it back <laughs> of course mm. you'd take it back it was the worst yeah. thing that ever happened to you. Oh, and I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I see glimpses of that in the work that we're doing with, you know, especially, I think especially about the gun violence, you know, when we're beating these guns into garden tools and people mm-hmm. bring their stories, you know, folks that have killed people, folks that have had their loved ones killed, folks that have survived being shot with assault rifles, like just crazy stuff. And, but there's, mm-hmm. there's this depth almost like tangible thing that happens like in the air as we're beating on the gun and they share their story you know and i i think of like like sharon risher who has become one of my really close friends but the first time that we beat on a gun together was after um the her mom and her whole family was killed and uh the emmanuel ame church shooting dylan wow. Reef, you know she shot them in the middle of wednesday night bible study in the historic black church in charleston and um um she's beaten on that gun and and she she kind of collapsed on me afterwards and she said uh 
everything I've thought about doing to Dylan Roof. I just took it out on that gun, you know, and, <sighs> and, and she, and she's also like one of the funniest people I've ever met. So I, I've, you know, got, we've gone on some road trips together and she'll just have me die and laughing the, the whole way. Um, <laughs> I was going to tell you a joke. She yeah. told me at the white house when we were celebrating the signing of this gun bill, but um, I better not tell it on the air. But you know, I think that's what, I mean, I think that's what people love about your writing and in Anne Lamont and so many other folks is it's gritty. It's honest. It's raw. It's wrestling with stuff. It's not polished in, oh, in the way thanks. of like, like that, um, polished in the sense of like everything yeah. res- resolves and <laughs> Uh, well, that's really Perfect nice. Way, so. I I guess the the thing I wish for all of us is that we don't have to feel like our spiritual sides are quite so precious. Like I always, I mean, once I got sick, I sort of felt like if church behavior was any indication, people were hoping I would just sort of die really politely, like slightly yeah. after the organ <laughs> finished, <laughs> you know, keep the service on time. There can, I don't know. I wanted to, but meanwhile, I wanted to like, I just love your description, Shane, of of beating those guns because you you need like a you need a minute to have the big range of feelings you get when you go through life that's that's so hard just and not hard for some people hard for everyone and so I I, I love the feeling that I mean especially during Lent uh, that we're we're given like a big opportunity to say like we get to walk to the hardest places we get to walk to depression. Mm. to loneliness to sorrow then we get right back to joy and hopefully just non-christian related faith puns to like deep humor (laughs) (laughs) like i did see a shirt yesterday that said do you want to talk about jesus and i was like i don't want to talk about jesus i can't i can't not with you uh maybe this is not the right moment um yeah um so uh I don't know if you ever had the queen on your podcast, but um, <laughs> sadly we are grieving the loss yeah. of the queen at 96 year old, years old. Incidentally, I just saw someone put on social media that the queen has been, has reigned for 30% of American history. I mean, oh. that uh, shows you how young America is and also, you know, um, how iconic uh, she uh, has been, but I think you might have a queen story. Is that true? You got a oh, queen, yeah. queen encounter? Well, I'm Canadian. So we're all, we're all just <laughs> one anecdote away from a, when I saw the queen light up this building for me. But, um, when I was little, uh, the queen was going to come through Winnipeg, which is not like the, it's not the, it's not the, it's not the Drake city, you know, it's not mm-hmm. the Bieber home. It's Winnipeg. And, um, and Lots she, of Mennonites, and they ride their bikes in the snow. I've seen it with my own eyes. They, they absolutely do. They, will, they really do. And uh, so the Queen was going to go on the highway right near my house. It's also one of the only highways that go through the city. So it was very exciting. And so I walked like my block and a half from my townhouse with my parents. And uh, my dad put me on his shoulders. And I saw <laughs> the Queen go by, and her window was down. And then she waved. And I just like lost my way in waving. I was so excited. And then my dad let me down. And then I looked on the ground. This was like 1986. I looked six years old. I looked on the ground. There was $20, which was basically to me, $1 trillion. And then I thought, oh my gosh, is that what she does? Like this lady is amazing. And I was positive that the queen's job is just to like go through the city, like 
like throwing 20s, maybe hundos out of the window. I was like, this is a great monarchy. I'm really glad we chose to stay in it. Unlike you get a 20, you get a 20. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good story. I mean, that's a lot better than Santa Claus when you get a little like mint candy or something. I mean, the 20. (laughs) Yeah. She's real. And like our Lord and Savior wants you to receive health (laughs) and wealth and happiness. (laughs) Bring it on. Uh, that's a good queen. I don't have any queen stories, really. Um, um, but I do have a Pope story. The Pope came to Philly and, um, you know, was visiting the prison, which did, like was very powerful, you know, yeah. going to visit some of the guys in prison. And, um, you know, he's passionate about the death penalty. So we were trying to get that on the radar. Pennsylvania still has a death penalty. So we're trying to kind of close the door on it. And, um, and you know, have some new ideas about more restorative justice and stuff. So we thought, let's have a presence as the Pope comes. So there's like really only one route into the prison, right? So we are lining the streets and we walk like five miles or something to get there. We did a march and vigil. We've got the big banner. It says, you know, let my people go with Pharaoh, you know, and uh, all this. And the Pope is in downtown Philadelphia, but took a helicopter to the prison. Took a helicopter to the prison. So here we are. (laughs) And we're waving at the brother from the the helicopter. So you're like, quick, everyone lie on the lie on the ground. But afterwards I found a twenty dollar no. Yeah, that's right. And I looked down at my feet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not as good as your queen story, but that's my Pope story. Well, give us some a closing word or benediction there last minute, Kate. The the half hour flies by when when we hang out. But um got any closing words, things things coming up, things people should how how people can follow you or a good um word of health and wealth prosperity from <laughs> well uh yeah i'm online at at kate c bowler um on all of the <laughs> i was just my mind flits toward tiktok i suppose i am there as well but um yeah i guess wow. maybe the only thing that um people might like is once a week we we put out blessings for the lives we actually have mm. so there's a lot of just like Bless our ordinary, bless our absurd, bless our hilarious, bless our depressing. And yes. uh, and I just, I hope all those um, listening know that in the indignity of our absurd and beautiful lives, that uh, their faith is good enough. Mm. So, their faith is good enough. What a treat, y'all. Thanks for listening in. My guest has been Kate Fowler. Make sure you read her books, check, check out all her wonderful work. And thanks for joining us today. We'll oh see goodness. you next week. Thanks. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. Hey, y'all, this is Shane Claiborne with Red Letter Christians, and I've got a big favor to ask of you. We want to get to know you a little bit more and make sure that you're getting what you need from Red Letter Christians. So I would love it if you would head to tinyurl.com slash rlc dash podcast. It's all in the show notes. And take five minutes to complete a little survey from you so that we can make sure that you get more of what you love. It's just an honor to be building a better world with all of you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. 
but at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.